Welcome back to Hug Your People. This is episode 15. This is Kevin. I'm going to give you an update of Baxley's Wagons today. We're going to talk about our trip to the Mayo Clinic that's coming up, and there's some new uh, new decisions to be made in that. And I'm also going to talk about relationships that I've made with some other dads and moms and kids around the Ronald McDonald House here in Jacksonville. Welcome back to Hug Your People. Okay, let's start with some exciting news because I feel like sometimes I can just be uh, be a, a little in the struggle or in the, I don't want to say negative, but it can be that. And so let's start off with some great news. Baxley's Wagons, we finally cracked the code. We figured it out as far as how to make the biggest impact for families. And um, what we've seen down here in Jacksonville is that it just really helps kids and families get from uh, their room to the car, from the car to the hospital, from the hospital to the car, from the car to the room. So there's a lot of moving around anytime you go for treatment. And so the wagons just really help and they fold up small enough to fit in the trunk of a car. So, um, man, we are just so so thankful that we were patient and that we found the right, the right method. So here's where we are with that. We're, um, we've got our seventh wagon going out this week, uh, which is, I mean, it's remarkable. I know that's a small number, but when you think about, um, ah, you, you think about just seven families that, or have a little bit of an easier go in their daily life. Like that's, to me, that's, that's, that's big. Um, and we, we're going to continue this. And we, we've kind of identified the process that we're going to use to continue the effort to give kids wagons. And um, the wagon comes with, a, it's a foldable wagon, collapsible wagon. So they get that, they get a blanket that they get to choose. They tell us kind of what they're into, uh, superheroes, sports, uh, makeup, dolls, crafts, whatever it is, music. They tell it, the kids tell us what they're into. And then we outfit the wagon with a blanket um, a pillow and pillowcase, and a toy um, for them. If there, is, uh, if there are siblings in the family, we also put a toy, a small toy for the, their siblings um, in the wagon. So it really has become this personalized thing where it's not just a wagon. You know, it's already, it's already full of stuff that they like and care about, and it really, from the get, it becomes a really safe place for them. It is just so exciting to see the kids riding around um, UF Proton facility or Ronald McDonald House in their wagons or going back and forth to the hospitals in their wagons and their kids are waving at each other like, you know, how like motorcycle, uh, motorcycle riders wave at each other on the street or Jeep drivers wave at each other. It's really become a little club of wagons for these kids. And um, it really is something special. My wife and I are really thrilled. So the future of Baxley Wagons is we are taking Hug Your People to a 501c3 um, position, meaning a nonprofit position, and it will facilitate Baxley's Wagons as the first program through that. Um, that's going to take some time, and we're developing the, the bylaws and the board of, of, of the board for that organization as we speak, um, working with a couple great people who just have a really, really great knowledge about that. The goal would be for this to continue after, um, you know, cancer will be a part of our life forever, but our active struggle will not be. We're hopeful and optimistic that after treatment, we will then be at a point of maintenance and keeping it away and we'll be in a good spot. But we want to continue giving to the families that are just starting their journey or just uh, or maybe they, some families relapse. And we want to make sure we're keeping in contact with those people because it's been so important to us. So that's kind of the future of Baxley's Wagons. We are thrilled to death. We are so excited. We have made some amazing friends by giving kids wagons and um, just met some amazing families and, uh, and just built some really, I feel like, lifetime relationships over something as simple as a collapsible wagon. Like who thought that would be the connector? Um, that and cancer would be the connector for some life, lifelong friendships. 
Um, but we thank you for funding this effort, for showing us the path and allowing us to be patient. And we're, we're trying to be very transparent with when a wagon gets placed and, when, and what we're using the money for. And, and I think we're doing okay on that, um, considering we are in our own cancer fight, in the middle of our own cancer fight. So uh, that's Baxley's Wagons, and we really appreciate y'all. If you'd like to donate to Baxley's Wagons, just reach out to me. Um, each wagon costs about $175, and that's for the wagon and everything that goes inside it um, and delivered. So right now we are delivering personally. We're not shipping. That may change in the future. We do have a couple people and or other organizations who are interested. And so if there is an organization that hears this that wants to be a part of it, we can ship the wagon to the organization. That organization will personally deliver. So that's kind of how we're working that. But if you are interested in more information about Baxley's Wagon, just send me a DM or an email at kevin at kevinhoover.org. So we, I, I said in last week's, or it was actually episode 14, um, I said that we were going to the Mayo Clinic for surgery for my son's tumor um, and that we had kind of decided that. And I think we're standing by that, but we talked to our doctors at MUSC and, and our oncologist uh, there doesn't recommend it. And so we're, we're kind of in this tight spot of obviously my wife and I are not doctors, but we have one doctor at the Mayo Clinic who is considered an expert in rhabdomyosarcoma, which is our son's cancer. Uh, it's the type of sarcoma that he has. And our oncologist at MUSC kind of sees everything, and she's just been named the uh, director for bone marrow. Um, so while she is more than qualified to talk about rhabdo and, and treat it and do all the stuff, um, she has a differing opinion than the um, doctor at the Mayo Clinic. So my wife and I are in this predicament of what do we choose? What's best? What are the pros and cons? And so we're in the middle now of collecting an incredible, insane amount of data, data. And um, talking to people who've had surgery, who haven't had surgery. Uh, there's Facebook groups for rhabdo that we're, my wife is on. Um, I try to stay away from those as much as possible, but um, she interacts pretty, pretty effortlessly and pretty um, carefully in those groups. So we're leaning towards still having the surgery, um, but there's a lot more to consider. What we are finding, you know, we had a really great scan after week nine in our treatment. The next scan will be at week 30. Currently, we're in week 17, and so it's a little while away, and they won't do any surgery until after those scans, but we have to choose now because it tapers off the radiation uh, in the next few weeks so that the surgery is more effective. There's just a lot that goes into these kind of things, and it's not like you're choosing, uh, you know, a birthday present or a new shirt or what shoes am I going to wear? Like this is the, the gravity on these decisions is it's very emotional. It's pretty deep and heavy and it's um, scary and it really puts you in a position of what is right and um, what is best and what is better. And you just have to do so much work and so much, so much conversation, so many conversations, not only between us and the doctors, but between me and my wife. I'm very fortunate that me and my wife agree on most core principle things. In fact, almost all, all the principle things we agree on, meaning, you know, we have the same stance on politics. With this, we have the same stance of which way we're leaning. Alternative medicines, we have the same stance, you know, and we have said from the get that if, uh, if chemo doesn't seem to be effective, we will do anything in our power to make sure we explore secondary or alternative sources for treating cancer. Um, our main focus in that is... Um, cannabis, THC, and CBD. Um, and so 
we, when we got the reading back after nine weeks, it was a very positive reading. So our thought, our gut reaction and intuition was initially stay the course. We're seeing results, stay the course, right? Um, but we were prepared that if we didn't see results to look at possibly some other alternatives. So we're kind of left in that, that situation again here where if we don't have surgery and we don't remove the, the dead tumor, uh, what are the odds of it relapsing? What are the, did we miss anything? Did the radiation not get all the cells? Uh, are there still live cells in, in Baxley that would uh, present problems later on? And if we do have surgery, what are the risks in that? You know, the biggest risk that we have with operating is that um, the, the tumor is attached to his bladder. And so there's a good chance we'll have to remove part or all of his bladder. And that's, that's, that's a big deal. Um, the doctor at the Mayo Clinic uh, is confident he can rebuild and restructure his bladder with, with no problem. And uh, there'll be no problem there. He does this all the time. So we have confidence that that's true. But it still is a scary thing for a parent to decide in their four-year-old uh, which route to go. So we haven't come to a conclusive decision. So last week we were at a conclusive decision. We've had many more conversations with both doctors. The doctors have talked to each other. Um, and so the team of the two doctors, the both departments in, at Mayo Clinic and at MUSC, my wife and I, and a lot of parents who've already been through this are kind of chiming in so that we can make the best decision possible. <sighs> doesn't make it easy. doesn't make it easy. So as, as we sit now, we're leaning towards proceeding with the surgery, which would be probably um, October, November, late October, November. Um, at the Mayo Clinic, we have to collect more to say we're definitely going to go that route. Um, conversations with both doctors, which, which, with which we trust equally. Um, we just have to identify their specialties are not the same. And, um, and try to pray about it a lot and just make the best choice for our son. You know, Baxley has been in a great mood since we've been in Florida. Um, he's had very little side effects, which is great. Um, some of the side effects for proton radiation, the skin, because they're, they're actually shooting radiation through the same point, a very, it's a very precise radiation. So the skin will get irritated. We're starting to see that. Um, he's continued with his chemo, so his blood count was down this week. It was about 546 A and C. Um, which means at 500, he's considered a, a high risk for infection, um, which means we, we don't go outside too much. Um, he's been as low as 25. In the perspective, normal healthy adults are anywhere from three to 5,000. So it's very, very low. So we have to be careful there. But those can be the side effects of chemo, but then that also can be impacted by radiation. Um, and some of the side effects are, are you know, Soft stool, uh, vomiting, and we haven't seen any vomiting. We have seen some soft stool, but we have medication to kind of counterbalance that. So we're not seeing really too many side effects yet, but we're at week three. We got about three and a half weeks left, about halfway point with that. So we do expect that there'll be some side effects coming our way while we're in Florida. So this process, it's just a lot. It's a lot to take in. Um, in the next section of this episode, I'm going to talk about some relationships that we've made and challenges that go from family to family. I don't think there's any way to prepare for um, your kid getting cancer. I just, I don't, I don't think, but for most people that I've met, it's, it's out of the blue. It's a fast ride through hell. It's a um, 
life changes in an instant. Uh, it's not even on the radar, and then all of a sudden it is, and you have to catch up, not only emotionally, but ed- from an education standpoint, from a decision-making standpoint. How does this work? What do we do? There's certainly elements of denial. There's just a lot that goes into it. And um, living at the Ronald McDonald House, we're surrounded by other people going through the same thing. So we get to share stories. We get to support is the biggest thing. You know, it's it really is because you can see it in people's faces. And what I like is that when you ask someone how they're doing here at the Ronald McDonald House, you don't get the word fine ever. You never get the word fine. Um, things are either fantastic. We're having a great day or they're ugh, a struggle bus today, you know, um, and those are the two ends of the spectrum because it never, honestly, it never is fine. It just never is. It's either uh, it's either a great day or, or a bad day. And all of that comes from perspective because the fine days are, I don't have an opinion of these days. And really, if we look at our son and he's not in pain and he's not having chemo, uh, he's not doing chemo or he's, he's not crying or he's not crying over his medicine or he's not sick or, he does, you know, like all of those constitute you know, what we would consider a tough day. Um, If he doesn't have to do any of that and he's just kind of watching his iPad or riding his tricycle or in his wagon or wants to go out and watching TV, whatever he's doing, and he's kind of just chilling, like, that's a great day. (laughs) You know, so for for us before this, you know, just hanging out, that would be a fine day, but now it's a great day. (laughs) And so I think you really look at um, sharing those experiences with other families and identifying when someone says they're having a bad day, you can immediately put yourself in that spot and say, okay, well, how can I help you or, or what's going on? And so I met a, a, a father um, named Andrew and um, his son uh, has cancer. It was the, his tumor was on his brain stem, So a very different kind of cancer than my son. Uh, he's got uh, three kids, uh, obviously his wife. So they're all here. My wife, Suzanne has become really good friends with his wife. So it's a really great thing. And um, about a week ago, he was like, hey, man, you want to you go have a beer and a pizza? And I was like, absolutely, 100%. You know, <laughs> and both of our wives supported that idea. And so we got to talk a little bit about just our experience and the process and the path and um, what are you feeling, you know, because a, a dad's perspective and a mom's perspective can be very different. It doesn't mean one is easier or one is um, or it was worse. It just it's different, the male versus female perspective. And um, an example of that is my wife, she very much likes to know everything that's going on, everything. And she is really good about learning all the words and um, talking the language with the doctors and doing all the research. And she just wants to read every little word. That's what makes her feel comfortable in this whole thing. And I'm the opposite. And this is probably the coach in me is that I want to know enough to make an educated choice, but I don't want to know everything to where I drive myself crazy because I know I would. My wife, won't, she doesn't do that. Um, she, she worries and she has normal feelings, but she doesn't go off the deep end like I, my brain would. If I knew everything that was going on at to, to, or all the possibilities, you know, it would um, make me less effective. And so I, I learn enough and um, lean on her to educate me if I don't know something and lean on the doctors. And so Andrew and I were talking about that. And we really what, what I really want to talk about is just how you're thrown into this. And I think it it doesn't it doesn't measure you as a person as to how you handle it because there's no way to prepare for this. There's just no way, you know, and there's no way to uproot your life. And especially in Andrew's case where he's got three kids, you know, so uproot your life and your family's life for six and a half, seven weeks. Um, not only that, but the, the daily treatments, not only that, but he's, he's got a job and how do you handle that? And 
this can really just be just be a super debilitating situation. And when you come to Ronald McDonald House and you're surrounded by other people who can relate on a deep level, it uh, it provides you a layer of security. It provides you a layer of support. It provides you a, someone to talk to um, who can relate on a deep level. For me, this podcast has really become that where I, I can just sit here and I don't script these. I just I, I decide kind of what I want to talk about, um, things that are on my brain or things that are in my heart, and then I just talk about it and whatever happens, happens. Through that process, it gives me clarity and it kind of lets me breathe out a little bit. That's why I get emotional on so many of these. I don't see that coming. I don't plan that. It just it shows up and I let it. And that's the way to be. You know, if you're having a bad day, acknowledge it. How's your day? Well, my day's not fine. My day's not great. In fact, it's the opposite of great. Um, and, and I think by acknowledging that, it allows people to offer, an, I'm sorry, uh, help. Hey, how can I help you? What, what would that look like? Um, what do you need? Anything particular? How can you shake this off? Or do you just need to go through it? Or do you just need to talk? Or I, I think being honest on that level is really what we've, we've noticed with the relationships uh, that we've made here. And the wagons have definitely brought some people into our life that we, I don't know if we would have built those relationships otherwise, but it really, my wife just called, so I had to uh, click over. I'm sorry about that, but no, I'm not sorry. That's what I should have done. My wife calls, I answer. Um, so I don't know that the relationships that we have formed would have been possible without the wagons. So the wagons just keep impacting not only our lives, but other people's lives as well. Um, and through talking with Andrew and talking with Claire and um, just, you know, really trying to support each other, uh, we found that everyone's going through similar things. Everyone's got the same fear. Everyone's got the same doubt, the same, what do we do about money? What do we do about time? What do we, do we have to make medical choices that we're not qualified to make? Um, did we take our medicine? Is everybody clean? <laughs> you know, is we still have normal laundry? Did the mortgage get paid? Um, all of that, you know, you're just jamming it all in. And, um, and it's, it's doable, but it certainly can be overwhelming if you're, not, um, if you're not careful. So the relationships have been really important to us um, in getting through this and navigating the waters and um, learning from other people. And because there is an element that you learn from your doctors, but really a lot of it comes from the parent experience because the parents ultimately make the decisions. The doctors will tell you that. You know, they'll, they'll say that their job is to educate us so that we can make a decision. So the doctors are not making the, the making surgery mandatory. Uh, it's an option. Chemo is an option. Um, so we have to look at all the, all the information available to us and make a decision on that. And if you don't have someone to talk to and to blow off some steam that, that can relate to you, I can see where it would be um, very challenging, very challenging. You know, and um, we're, we're fortunate to, to be here at the Ronald McDonald House because that the community is really what has um, put perspective back in our court and put uh, some hope back in our court and made us realize that everyone's doing the same thing we're doing. Everyone's overwhelmed. Everyone's scared. Everyone's questioning. Everyone's pressured and stressed. Um, and, and, you know, that that's a that's a real thing. You know, I carry stress in my shoulders and my when I go to get a massage, that I tell them, I'm like, just focus on my shoulders. And, you know, the last massage I got was before all this happened, but it, I was pretty stressed for some reason. I was carrying a lot of stress on my shoulders. And now it's, uh, I have to, I had to use a massager every night because I'm just carrying stress. It's, and I try to manage it. You know, I work out, I meditate, 
um, I try to eat as best I can, being the fact that we live in a hospital and are on the road and we don't have a kitchen. Uh, we have a kitchen downstairs at the Ronald McDonald House, where it's a community kitchen. So I do cook. Um, so you try to eat as best you can. You just try to keep the blood flowing and keep moving and keep your mind clear and do what you need to do. Um, but I can still feel, you know, that I probably should visit the chiropractor and massage therapist <laughs> to, keep my, to keep the stress away. And that's understanding those kind of things about how you work as a person and when you need quiet time and when you don't need quiet time and um, when you need a break and when you've got some more gas in the tank to keep going. Um, having a, a good support of people around you to help you identify those moments um, is is it's just important. It's imperative. It really is because as parents, we want to be there for everything and we want to fix everything and we don't want to give up. And the, our our child can't take a break from cancer, and so we feel like we need to be there. And what that does over time, because you have because trust me, Baxley is not very stressed about cancer. Uh, he's four, and so he he knows he has cancer. He knows he goes to chemo. He knows he goes to proton. He knows the other kids have cancer. He, he so he knows that, but he doesn't. He's four, so he doesn't understand the potential outcome uh, that some of this, that we're facing, and so he doesn't really feel that level of stress. He knows that hey, I don't like it when you do that. Please stop. Like that. That's his level of stress. And then you stop, and he relaxes again. <laughs> and uh, I wish it were that simple for us. I really do. I really wish it were that simple for us adults. But, um, but it's not. So you have to really care for yourself so that in the moments when you do need to show up for decision or for energy or for um, guidance, that you're, on, you're the best you can be or the best that you, you show up as your best. And the way to do that is to identify and be incredibly self-aware around what makes you operate at your highest level. And it's not about operating at your highest level. It's about operating, period. <laughs> you know, like... Um, if I go get a massage and my shoulders relax and I relax and I feel better and, and, you know, then I can make a better decision because I'm not coming from a place of pain. And that's, that's, that's true. Same with my wife. You know, if my wife um, has, has an afternoon where she can go to Target because that's where she loves to go and she won't even buy anything. She'll just get a coffee and walk the aisles. Uh, she can go to Target or she can go get a mani-pedi or um, she can get a massage. Like when she has times to do that, it makes her feel better, and then she comes back to the family with um, a new energy. And so having a community around you that's, that understands that and, and supports it is, is really important. That's been the, the biggest, I think, benefit of being at the Ronald McDonald House. That has been the biggest benefit for us as the wagons. You know, we talk about give back. The wagons are a gift to other families. The gift that comes back to us is the relationships and the support and the, the kids being happy and smiling. And the mom's being relaxed because, uh, you know, Jackson, the first wagon we gave Jackson's mom commented the other day. She said, it is so easy to get in and out of the car now. I don't have to feel like I'm wrangling everything and carrying nine bags and doing all this. She's like, Jackson, and everything goes in the wagon and we just wheel right in there and, and we're good to go. <clears throat> and so that is those kind of things are really what we get out of that. And, um, and it's just kind of it's a it's a unique thing that I think will continue long after hopefully long after that, you know, we're cancer free about this time next year. So it's, um, that's kind of, that's what, that's what it is, you know? And so I encourage you to just understand if you have some, you know, someone going through, it doesn't have to be cancer, but something like this with their, with their child, you know, just understand that there's a lot more to it than just, um, 
just the medicine part and just the treatment part. Like there's a lot more to it because everything that we normally stress about in life becomes magnified um, on top of the natural stresses of making medical decisions for your kid and um, all the finances that go into that and the travel and everything that's just, it's just piled up. And so um, we're not great at dealing with it, but we're getting better. And that's all you can ask for yourself is to don't perfect it, just get better. Thank you for joining me for episode 15 of Hug Your People. If you would like to join us on our Alex's Lemonade Stand Million Mile in September, um, we have people running, walking, and biking. The goal nationwide, I guess worldwide, is to move a million miles and raise as much money as we can for pediatric cancer research. Pediatric, pediatric cancer research receive, receives less than 4% of all funding for cancer research total, so the kids really need our help in doing that. Our goal personally as Bax's Fight Team is to raise $15,000 for Alex's Lemonade Stand in the month of September. We're at just shy of 1,000 now. If you wanna join us on the run, on the walk, on the bikes, and just move your body and try to raise as much money for these kids as we can, uh, we'd love to have you. You can link up with me or connect on my Facebook page to get the link for that. And uh, we certainly appreciate everyone who's supporting not only our family, but uh, pediatric cancer, uh, the Ronald McDonald House, the children's hospitals, and other families who are going through this thing. This is Kevin, hug your people.